Okay, so today we have a return guest, Eve, Eva Vipret. Did I say that right? That's right. That's totally and good. She yeah, right? is, uh become a really good friend of mine, a great support to me over the last, I don't know, six, seven months. And mm -hmm. obviously these are strange, challenging, stressful times. And yeah. we are going to talk about fear uh, primarily and coping with fear as it relates to Virginia Satir's work and our mutual interest and learning and our own personal evolution of uh, her work. And I was wondering, Eva, if you'd feel comfortable to start us off with a meditation uh, to help us and the audience get grounded and connected yeah. to ourselves. And uh, why don't you start with that? Thank you. Okay, so let's take a comfortable position. Um, I usually invite to put your feet really nicely grounded on the floor. Maybe we can close our eyes to Focus inward. I invite all of us to just let breathing happen. If you notice the breathing may be a little bit shallow you can maybe even take a conscious deepening of breath. I invite us to, as we feel the feet grounded on the floor, Maybe to imagine that there are roots growing into the ground, connecting to the energy more of groundedness. Maybe as we turn to that image, we can just allow the breathing to continue. And just focus on grounding roots like a tree. And then with the next breath, we can maybe imagine how we open a channel that is opening all the way beyond the head to open to the heavens, to the sky. To connect to inspiration, creativity, new imagination. And allow the breath to connect those two grounding roots, opening channel, 
creativity. And maybe we can even set a quiet and intention for this next moment, what we want to create, how we want to be. I really like to create is. And sense what simple word comes. For me, it's self-connection and maybe you can sense what it is for you. Maybe we can also open ourselves to invite resources into our field. Resources to connect, to guide, to align. So with that connection of the grounding, the opening channel of imagination and creativity, holding an intention, beautiful like a sword, what direction? And open a space for resources to connect with, I invite each of us to take a nice connecting breath. And then return back out into the open. With whatever is present now. Gently. So that in our best capacity, now we can open our conversation. Thank you, Eva. Thank you. It's in times like this, it's, uh, it's a very powerful and important resource to be able to go inside and to find some grounding and to connect to our resources yeah. and uh, you know before we started recording we were talking about you, you made this distinction between types of fears and i wonder if you could summarize that maybe to start mm -hmm. us off yeah well i've been noticing in my own self that in these times of challenges of adversity of um, where I'm actually noticing there's a shift in the energy field. When I go out, I notice there's um, kind of anxiety. I taste anxiety in, in the field. Um, sounds a little strange, but um, that's probably the best way I can describe it. And in connection to that, I'm also inside of myself noticing that I'm connected to type of fear Maybe that's more like an alarm so where I'm noticing it's realistic. 
um, for my, like in my personal situation, I was scheduled, I'm usually scheduled a year or two years in advance. It's a lot of educational workshops um, and it's, you know, with group forming and all of them because of the situation have been canceled. Um, mm -hmm. um, I mean, postponed, so we want to do them at some point, but it's definitely the next months. Um, so from, from a certain point, everything has stopped and I'm, it, it's just realistic that there's no income right now. Mm -hmm. And so I was connected to a realistic type of fear that is letting me know I'm in new territory, I'm in uncertainty. And I find that really a helpful guide, a really helpful, uh, you know, I need to be really alert and wake, awake because I need to make, reassess, I need to make some changes and I need to kind of really look how, how am I reorganizing myself in those times and what's gonna come in the future. Mm -hmm. So I find that actually a really nice helping guide. I was equally noticing there's a fear coming that is almost like an un, uninvited visitor, like, you know, not even knocking on my door. It's just almost like it's already gotten comfortable in, in all the different places in my house. Mm. And, and it feels to me, it's a, it has a different quality. It's almost like there's a fear washing forward with um, an, an uninvited intensity. And my hunches, my senses here are, I want to say like unintegrated, very young, vulnerable parts that have been experiencing helplessness, mm. um, unworthiness, um, not good enough. And, and, and it really feels like, like raw energy that's, that's really coming forward in a big wave. And that's a different beast. I see yeah. it in a positive way. I do, I do sense here is an attempt of my strong spirit that is seeking wholeness, that is really seeking, here's an opportunity as we all have to return home, so to speak, and social distancing, there's no less distraction, stay home, now is an opportunity to actually um, have those vulnerable, unintegrated parts, knock on your door again, metaphorically speaking, and maybe seeking a safe coming home. That's like how I try to make sense of it and give it an interpretation. Mm. <laughs> and it needs probably different type of skills. And, you know, in, in, in Virginia's work, we know the parts party, so different parts being represented different ways. So I see it as one of the maybe more negative related parts to me, the ones that have not been fully blessed and fully acknowledged and fully accepted. Um, so mm -hmm. when I'm in connection with that, um, I'm really trying to breathe and to ground and at least to hold the question, what is it that's, um, who is coming to, to visit me to return home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like the, the distinction you've made because, uh, I mean, I've, I've heard other people describe it. Um, Jeff Zeig, I don't know if you saw his 15-minute 
piece yeah. on anxiety. He makes this distinction between fear and anxiety. And I think there's a helpful kind of fear that is activating, yeah. act, activating yourself because, you know, there's, right. a, there's, a, there's a concrete financial implication with the situation that we all have to deal with. And that, sure. that fear wakes you up to say, I need to be creative. I need to be resourceful and to activate yourself towards that. And then there's a, um, there's a potential maybe anxiety or at least a differentiated fear that may have to do with old wounds, yeah. child, childhood traumas or issues or experiences. And I think, you know, as I've been thinking about in, in the way that I've learned Virginia's work, there is this distinction that people talk about between reaction and response. response so re yes. reaction, reaction comes from, let's say, the, the more instinctual parts of the brain, the fight, flight, and freeze. And then uh, response comes from the ability to make choices and to act from a place of congruence, yes. meaning you're, you're, you are in a place where you're feeling more whole. And mm -hmm. I, used to, I, I used to have this duality of here's reaction over here and here's response over here. And, right. and and I think that duality created an idealization of responsiveness and choicefulness. Yes. Yes. But I think in the way that you're talking about it, one of the things that I'd like to add is I think we're constantly fluctuating between these two. Yeah. I, th I think it's the, the, the order and chaos and the transformation of our personality that necessitates right. this kind of return to, you know, the primary survival coping, yeah. which is in a way, the, the, the primary tools, what we're, what, let's say we're born with, what we possess um, from, from the first year of life. And when we're faced with a new situation, we always return to those more primitive ways of yeah. coping. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, totally. I, think, I think that's important because it sort of normalizes, I think, where we're all yeah. at, what we're all experiencing, yes. and that to to then create an awareness or a consciousness that can encapsulate that, that can hold that energy, that it's like the, the parent who holds the child. Yes. The experience of the fear is not the whole, but the energy that we're bringing to it. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you about this is that we can hold that energy for each other as friends and as oh. colleagues, and that we, can, we might share hopefully that energy of our exploration today that we can as in mindfulness practice we can be a witness to that which is a, an experience of overwhelm yes. of fear of whatever yeah. the experience we're having but that's not the whole the whole of us is something much deeper what i would call the self um, other people might call soul or spirit right. or life energy whatever word you want to use to describe it there is always something that transcends and and that place that transcends is the source from which we will generate new solutions to problems that we're facing right. as individuals, as families. And so I, I, I want to I be in that space with you to explore what do we do with these fears? How do we tell the difference of when we're in this? When, and I like the hand, you did this hand motion, like a standing, I imagine like standing in a shallow part of the ocean and a wave kind of, throwing you off mm -hmm. it, it comes to yeah. a deep place a deep place of the unconscious perhaps where we're thrown off and it's 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 com comes from a very old place maybe an ancestral yeah. place and yeah. then there's this more functional fear of you know so late at night you hear a sound in your house and and you're paying attention to that
Right. Uh, how how yeah. would you differentiate uh, maybe in your body? How how do you tell the difference when you're dealing with one yeah. fear as opposed to the other? Um, I th- I mean I'm still I think I'm still detecting. I'm still in my own detective story. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's uncomfortable sometimes but at the same time there's also a a tremendous curiosity because i'm noticing how much i'm like detecting you know in my own self what's going on and because i do like to inside out do my education so so whatever i am also bringing to others that may be helpful um that hopefully i have found not just something in theory but really as a you know coach or therapist use of self like through my own reference experience. Um, I guess the best way I can differentiate is that when I get into a place where I'm noticing really deep in my body, a lot of shaking and trembling, there is like one signal. So you're, you're talking about trauma. I, I do feel like I'm tapping into some trauma story there and I'm noticing it by some trembling, some shaking in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one area. Um, so I'm actually noticing when I get this, let's say, involuntary visitor. Um, it's usually a very deep core body experience. Like in my case, there are different qualities of, of like trembling, shaking in my body. Mm-hmm. And you were talking um, about trauma, and I'm pretty sure I'm tapping into some um, trauma story there. Not that I have a conscious um, connection, a conscious story to that, but I'm just noticing. So it's a very deep body um, response that I'm noticing. So what do you do guess, with that when you experience that, Ava? When you experience that for yourself, what do you do? Or if um, anything? When I, I, when I do, do notice the physical discomfort, and usually also accompanied by confusion in my mind, I think I, I start to hop and jump, and it's, it doesn't feel like a coherent story yet. So if I do notice those two connections, deep body experience, cognitive jumping around, so confusion, um, that is a moment where I'm noticing I'm really crashing into a stress coping response and um, with my will there's nothing I can really do I notice and then I usually go into some body um, practice and um, that could be that that can be different things um, one is I love um, the pose in yoga where you do chair okay yeah yeah. So a very like deep you're sitting on, yeah, you're sitting in an invisible chair. You yeah, it's, like it's a, almost like, like you're squat. sitting, and and mm-hmm. and I'm noticing in those times I need to to really sit very deep in the chair, so really feel my body um, mm-hmm. really strengthening and really my feet grounding and rooting, and I really imagine what I was just proposing before that I grow roots into the Mother Earth, and I'm really connected to that. And I'm really trying to to dig into my strength of my lower body and to go down, to go lower. Because I'm noticing I'm I'm just bubbling up all these raw energies. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have another very simple practice. I learned an acronym 
from um, my teachers, Robert Dills and Stephen Gilligan, and that's called the COACH. Mm-hmm. And it's an acronym for different ingredients. And um, I started to translate those cognitive ideas into body, simple body movements, almost like a Tai Chi movement. So what I do is I say, I do a simple repetitive movement that says centering. I center. And so mine is something like this, mm-hmm. because C stands for centering, center. Right. Right. And so and just to describe o- when people are listening, just without the visual, what you're doing right. is you're, you're kind of splaying your hands outwards around towards the top of your, above your head, and then bringing right. your hands together yes. without touching into almost like a, like a prayer position. Of it's almost like a prayer. Yeah. Um, but the way I introduce it, I, I'm just dropping the seed centering into my mind and my body and then have my body answer with a very simple repetitive movement that will best educate me what centering means mm. when I just give my body the permission to teach me how I would express that as a simple repetitive movement. So you so listen to what... You listen to what your body wants to do. Is that yes. what you're saying? So it might be something yes. different at a moment Could, in time. Yeah, maybe next time it's this movement. Okay. Maybe okay. next time is this, just the prayer position or namaste. Mm. But I, what I do is I basically say centering and how would my body best translate centering in a slow, sensual, repetitive, simple body movement nice yeah yeah that will best embody that mm -hmm. so i think for for people listening it's good to have options one is just namaste or prayer position holding your hands to your heart yeah and taking some breaths and seeing or maybe touching my belly center holding my belly center and just breathing into my belly center because Mm. that's one center Mm -hmm. or maybe holding my heart center and breathing into my heart center touching it breathing in and connecting by centering mm-hmm. yeah what exactly do you mean by centering by center well i'm trained as a dancer so when i think about centering it usually is um you know everything is where you you in order to to have a very clear way of a period or or a jump or a certain motion movement there there's always a connection to the the really the physical body center which means my belly in this case so in pilates they call it the powerhouse just an area where i feel that i am very embodied and located and 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 centered in my body mm-hmm. grounded i think grounding mm-hmm. is another word for it for me okay so return to the body um and you mentioned a, re- a repetition some kind of movement that could be repetitious as well yes, yes. Um, do you find that there's a difference between holding a static position like just a prayer position and then what you were doing before which is this elevation of hands and moving and bringing and centering it just kind of like uh, in yoga right just yeah the mountain pose and then yeah yes 
I definitely notice a difference. If I just do a static position, the possibility that I lock into some tense state is there. Mm -hmm. And that will activate a very different quality of um, inner experience and inner state. Mm -hmm. that usually what I'm noticing is when I tense, I lock, then I'm usually um, connected to a more conditioned experience. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I, that's really, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. And if, if I wanted to really update my, the quality of my inner experience and update my, the quality of my state, then the fluidity will actually allow me to tap into the here and now to the present moment and really allow my body to teach me what it means when I lost the present moment and went maybe to the past mm. without my conscious awareness, the body can through this, let me step back into the river again, mm. like is a way mm. for me to step back into the river of life. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think in the way, that within a satire model is the metaphor of the iceberg to describe one's inner experience behavior how you feel the expectations the different thoughts you have and uh i've i've thought of you know when we talked about the difference between reaction and response i've started to think about the iceberg as representative of a reactive mode because yes. I, ice to me is the perfect image of being stuck in a rigid form, yes right it yes. doesn't move and yes. if, if you look at a, if you look at a, at a molecular level the, right. stru the structure of ice is rigid and it's it's crystallized into a particular pattern and just yes. like you know fear and anxiety would make you crystallize into a particular way of behaving and feeling and thinking yeah um, and i th what i like of what you're saying and making this distinction between where movement can be very powerful is you're yes. embo embodying fluidity and you use that word fluidity which is to start to symbolically represent and to use uh, a differenti differentiated energy between ice and water you know when you're yes. when you're moving like in tai chi movements right or qigong movements or with well and this is where where for me yoga yoga is a mixture it has transitions but you are holding holding static poses and what i like to experiment with his being most is adding in some more fluidity so there's so there's a a, a play with the rhythm of yes. of what yoga can be and then different yeah. practices will have different degrees of hold some hold yeah. it for 90 yeah. seconds some hold it for 30 but i think whatever whatever that, that position is to play with movement and to play with shaking to play with um swinging right so mm -hmm. if you're if you're if you're holding uh, like a warrior pose, just allowing yeah. your arms to move and to dance and to, right. and, and then I think that's also so good for the body. It's so good for your muscles and so good for releasing tension to play with movement right? Uh, yeah. and, and to not be in a very static practice, um, but to really enjoy different types of movements uh, as right. well. So I like yeah. what you're saying. You're not prescribing a particular way of centering and we're talking about certain principles no. of centering that i think could be very helpful for people yeah no i'm basically giving the lead to my body because the body knows where now is mm -hmm. and my mind can wander many ways so i'm basically dropping the seed if i if i 
ask my body what centering may look like and then sense what, 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 if I give my body freedom to move, what natural movements occur and be with that and just notice so that my mind can take a step back and my body can do its own thing and I do it in mm -hmm. a repetitive way. Well, and you, then it does become like a Tai Chi or yeah. Qigong type of fluid river-like movement. Yeah. You, now, you but, have a lot of experience and expertise in terms of moving your own body, your mm -hmm. formal training as a dancer. When you're working with people, uh, do you find that it's helpful for people that are very disconnected from their bodies yeah. to give them some rudimentary movement patterns that they can play with initially? Or do, yeah. you, tell, or do you tell them... To, to, do, to go from the inside out, like what you are talking about doing with yourself? I do both. Usually I use myself as an instrument for education. So I will offer my own movement and say, maybe you want to try mine first, if it's a confusing question to mm -hmm. be answered. And maybe you just want to start with my movement and then sense what out of that repetition so I, I model and then they can repeat it. And then by tuning into that, maybe that emer then it allows to emerge your own natural movement that comes from that space. Yeah. So I, I go both yeah. ways. I, I say, here's how I do it. Maybe you want to do it with me and how that feels. Yeah. And then I we can repeat it. Yeah. And then you do your own thing and let it just emerge and let's be, you know, allow yourself to be surprised. Yeah, what your yeah. body wisdom knows. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, on the topic of fear, there, when you're guiding and supporting people to having a new experience of their body, which means a, a new experience of consciousness, it's, it's nice to give a scaffold. You know, when we think about attachment and providing a secure base from which people can explore. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're present with our attention and with our, uh, our, our instruction or something like that. And then to allow that exploration to occur because what I've found with movement, with breath, that the greatest experiences happen when you are free, you are completely yeah. uh, spontaneously engaging in right. what is, what is net, what is being demanded or required in the moment. And then you yeah. get into a flow. Um, but I think with any, any kind of practice, whether it be movement or dance or, or, breath work to to explore certain mental states or therapy it's it having that scaffold and having that structure initially is really helpful so i don't want to lose the acronym because we just started with c and we've, we've yeah we started with c right so coach and so is yeah made of can c we go back to that there's o and mm. o means opening mm, okay um so basically i open my mind i open my heart I open myself to whatever's there. So there's connect, centering, then there's opening. Okay. And why is that, why is that important? Why is that important to be, to be open? That sounds like opening awareness of being aware of what's going on. Is that what you mean? Well, that's the next one. The second one, then the, oh. the, the third one is awareness. Open and then awareness. Mm -hmm. Open your awareness. So, so to me, it's kind of a, it's, it's almost like a fluid dance of connection. So there's centering that's opening to awareness. And then the, the other C is connecting. 
meaning self-connection, connection to resources, connecting to, um, I don't have to do it alone. Maybe I can seek and support. Okay. So I want to, I want to slow you down because open openness and awareness, especially at a time like this. So this, I see how the centering can help that, but in terms of cognitively, emotionally, relationally, what, what are, maybe you can give an example or walk us through what you mean by that. Open. Cause when you, the way you described it, it's hard for me to see a difference between openness and awareness. They sound like the same step, but are they different? Yeah. And in what way are they different? I guess when I, um, I feel more, um, I'm, I'm keeping my heart open or I, I keep my belly center open. Awareness is much more in the cognitive mind. I'm, I'm using my senses. I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm looking more to the outside. I'm more aware of what's going on around of me. So I guess op the opening is to me much more related to, I really want to sense that I stay open in my heart to myself and to anything else that's going on. It sounds like, setting a goal or a, a higher level intention. Yes. Like, yes. And, and entering into maybe a more transitional play space before getting to the concrete thinking and yes. awareness at that level. Yeah. It's, it's like an intention for compassion or an yes, intention absolutely. for forgiveness. Also curiosity. Opening curiosity. Also for me, curiosity um, you know, when I'm in the space of opening, I feel a little bit more playful. I feel a little bit more of a sense of humor, maybe, and even in stressful times. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, again, fluidity, too. I think it's more of a, there's more rhythm and not as stuck yeah. that I may yeah. feel when I'm hitting this place of fear. Yeah. I like that. I think it's um, connecting to our inner wisdom. Yes. Maybe our our deeper values or yearnings, the yes. or the experience we're trying to create. Like I want to create a playful experience, or I want to create a loving experience, or I want to create a, um, a right. peace, peaceful experience. Is that fit with how you think about opening totally. or openness? And also, I'm open to what is. You know, giving myself permission not to change it, not to mm. fight it, not to withdraw from it, not to deny it, but to just kind of open what I'm experiencing right now is X. So open to right. yeah, yeah. what actually is happening. So level one congruency, just, you know, to talk about the, in, in the satir language. So it's the opening of my inner experience. This is what's going on. And I'm not trying to fight it or ignore it or deny it or, anything of that right right you're transitioning from a survival coping pattern into something else exactly but i need grounding and centering and embodied locating i'm me here right now before i can actually open to what's going on so mm. that i feel what's going on from a more um rooted and grounded place and it's not as overwhelming because i i feel through grounding, we're allowing ourselves to to activate a little bit more of our mature ad adult grown up um, self that then can really stay open to okay, 
I'm really noticing I'm afraid and or I'm really noticing there's a lot of shaking going on what is that all about so open with compassion open with curiosity mm. open with mm. a little bit more um, I can use my senses to notice what's happening nice yeah yeah, yeah. and that and leads then, naturally to awareness I am aware to the outside to the inside I'm using my senses a lot more mm -hmm. And I guess my movement about awareness would be I'm expanding from tunnel vision to open and aware and, you know, around. Mm. Like, so my movement would be something like this. Right. Okay. So then you, so then for each of these, I do physically, physically embodied. I create a dance. I create yeah. a coach dance nice okay right i totally create a coach dance so there's centering here opening looks for me like this mm -hmm. and what you're doing I, looks like yeah. this. and and so so most people will be just listening to this and they're not seeing what you're doing so what you're doing is you want to describe your hand movements so your hands are palm up kind of reaching out in front of you and then kind of spreading outwards yes and then so that's open almost like a giving gesture that's mm -hmm. the opening Nice. And, and then, then awareness, I'm almost like pointing towards my head and then facing my hands towards my head. And then I start to expand my arms outwards. Mm. So I feel that I'm opening my awareness in my, in my mind, in my head. And, and mm -hmm. I, my hands are helping me by opening. Yeah, your hands, your hands are open, your eyes and your ears. Yeah everything's starting to become open exactly and then uh, the next great. piece okay. of the acronym is connection okay so connection connection to resources i think you're yeah exactly and i guess it's also self-connection you know i connect to myself to my inner self i'm here i'm okay i'm with myself I am connecting to myself, but then also maybe thinking, what is it that I could connect to? What are my resources? Is it nice to reach out to a friend and talk to Tim? Because mm -hmm. I'm having a bad hair day, you know, like, you know, you, you know, I think it's also the very little practical things Yeah. to get a clear mind, to get this awareness. Oh, I have friends that I can reach out and say, Hey, um, I would like to talk to you. Can we talk something through? Or maybe journaling is helping me to connect to, to some resources or then maybe a, a specific song that is allowing me to find a, 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 a different connection to myself. Mm. Maybe it's doodling. I don't know. You know, it could be an activity that allows me to get so more... Yeah, I want to rewind back to because what you were saying about awareness, I think the important step in that is becoming aware of the feelings, what you see, what the situation is, what the reality is. It's like yeah. assess, assessing the problem state, assessing yes. what's painful. And, exactly. you know, in, in my work with people, um, it's often, most of the time, even though there's a negative emotion, anxiety, anger, depression, uh, you know, jealousy, 
they get into comparison traps, whatever that negative experience is, there is a resource in there and we have to tap into and try to understand that deeper seated need. And I think what you're talking about with connection to resources or connection to yourself and how you're describing it, I I would describe that as the development of choices Mm -hmm. and and resources to meet that need. And so yeah. you're, you're, you're starting to manifest and move towards an expression, whether it's, I need to say this to my partner or I right. need to, to, you know, take, uh, do some more meditation or eat healthier. You're coming to exactly. the sense of choice and concretizing this process that you're describing, which is a, yeah. which is a transformational process, right? It's a, it's a change totally. process. Totally. I mean, I really think about aware, the, the beautiful quote from Virginia, awareness leads to choice. That's why I totally see it as a sequence. You know, I, if I'm grounded and centered and I start to open to what is rather than wanting to be different, but I open mm-hmm. to what is, then I can open my mind and be aware. And that awareness will actually allow me to have some choice to say, oh, Oh, that's, that's a confusion. I am not completely alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are resources. There are things that I could do for myself. I may just have locked the door for some moment and forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, that whole sequence allows me to reopen the door to know what I know in a better state where I just know there are people to reach out to. There is um, music that helps me to shift my state or maybe practices that I can turn to and, um, you know, different things that allow me to not just feel completely alone, but reconnect, reaccess the bigger me, the bigger self Mm. more and more. Great. And yeah, moving through this door of choices and then if that's the case, we can actually create a holding space in ourselves where all the many different experiences can have um, a respectful and accepting space. And that's the holding. Is that the H in the coach? That's the H at the end. Yeah, the H is holding. And that means I can be... um, I can create a hospitality space within myself that invites every possible experience in. And to me, the holding space is also the, I want to say the analogy to the deeper self. If we are in that deeper self and the I am in in, in Virginia's terms, we are in that holding container where every possible experience has a, good, positive, comfortable, accepted, respected, um, I guess chair at the meeting table or mm-hmm. plays at the party or um, be an invited guest and not the flooding fear that says, hello, I'm seeking mm-hmm. integration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, given this whole situation with the coronavirus uh, and how everyone in the world being impacted at different stages. I think that we're having to do things differently, right? Yes. The way that the simple things, the way we are staying at home, the way that we have to do our grocery shopping now. I was right. in the grocery store and I was telling you, we almost weren't able to meet today because I was in this giant lineup 
and there were marked lines where people had to stand and there were new elements, you know, we're talking about the foreign elements and Virginia's process, new elements of uh, large glass uh, sheets encapsulating the cashier. There's there's this energy of fear that you're talking about of, uh, you know, the, the cashier, you could, sense there were there's a tension in the air and right. them needing to sort of bark at people to do things a certain way to stand at a certain place and um, there's more there's more there's more rules there's more safety precautions that yeah. are new that are foreign elements for people that are generating a lot of mm, chaos because they're in the right. unknown with yeah these are these are new guidelines these are new procedures these are new behaviors we're all engaged in i'm seeing all of my uh, clients, my people that I support through therapy, uh, through video or phone. And so we're transitioning into this space and it's new and it's uh, scary. You know, I'm very concerned about is the quality of our work going to be the same as what it will be in person. Um, And, you know, for the most part it has. And in some ways I think this is, this is the exciting thing I think about, being in a new place because we're we're having to resource as you talked about create options and choices amidst right this very scary and unusual situation where everything pretty much everything that we're used to is now different right and how can we how can we still connect how can we still nurture ourselves how can we still work how can we still function as a society and uh, i think taking that time in a process of what you're describing to be connected to yourself, to connect to your resources and yourself is, is really important because we're, we're going through this process of change and Virginia right. described this process of change as, you know, you're initially in a status quo, things are familiar, you're right. comfortable, you know, you know, what's what you have some predict, you have a model of prediction for what's going to happen. Right. And then the foreign element comes in and this you know, case, what do you know? Yeah, if, if a foreign element comes in to, to shatter that and to change and to say what you knew no longer works, exactly. no longer fits with the situation, and now you're in right. chaos, you're in the unknown, yeah. and there is a, a recalibration and an, a process of experimentation through that that creates a new, a new status quo. Yeah. Um, and then, then we're trying to practice that. So we're, we're right now, we're trying to create stability through social distancing, and then everything that that entails in terms of how do I function as a family? How do exactly. I function in my work? What are those behaviors? And exactly. we're, we're, I think we all feel like we have two left feet or, or our, our, not, our dominant hand is not even around, our dominant way of thinking. And so it feels clumsy. It feels, and sometimes you feel helpless and hope. I do. I feel like really kind of at the whim of yeah. things. And, trying to catch your bearing and finding your grounding, finding that centering, I think is really important. So I'm glad we explored that. And to the extent that we can do that with each other as friends and as with family Mm -hmm. and our loved ones and with ourselves through our own individual practices, I think that's such an important um, initial place. Was there anything else about holding that you wanted to describe? I really like that word holding. Um, I think of well. Contain- I guess the other, mm-hmm. the, I think the other term is also the idea of hospitality. So that mm. I really become um, 
a guest house in the sense of roomy that you know you welcome your fear you welcome your depression you welcome um, your joy you welcome your confusion it's there is a capacity in us where we can create a guest house that is friendly and welcoming and says whatever mood you are in you, you, we, we want to welcome you mm. And so, so when I think of holding, I think of a big tree, like a, a sequoia tree. I love the big, old, deep sequoia trees. So I feel like when my little eye is getting confused and in chaos and stressed, that I remind myself that I'm also equally the sequoia tree. And what is the... Um, and, and what I see, the image that comes to me, I, 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 I did study in Santa Cruz at the university for some time. And the sequoia tree, trees sometimes constellate in a circle. And the, I think they call it the cathedral or the dome. And I, as a student, I loved um, to locate myself right into the middle of the circle of the redwood trees, of the mm. sequoia trees. And just kind of look up because the way they, they consulate is really in this beautiful circle and it feels like you're in the womb again or you were in the, wow. I don't know, you're in a cathedral yeah. again. Yeah, and yeah. when you look up to the sky, you can see how the branches are kind of leaning more into the middle. So it's almost like it's closing. So it's really a, a safe space. So when I think of holding, I'm also thinking about what needs to be activated is a psychological safe space and I think that's what we do for our clients what we do when we're really good with friends to to be a safe space in the relationship to be a safe container and I hope mm. the you know the skills that we're really good at in our profession that maybe we can also turn those same safe space skills to ourselves yeah, it's it's interesting the way that you describe holding as the final step because I think when we contain and we process and transform our inner experience, our yes. negative emotions, we then right. become safe to be around. Right. Because we're not projecting our anger, we're not right. project we're not hooking people with our unmet needs unconsciously. Yes. We're we're maintaining a healthy relational space with others. And like That's you true. described, I mean, trees are, uh, trees are great teachers in that because they I have, to, so. they, they have to share. How do you, how do you share the soil? How do you share the sun? How do you share the air? And uh, it's, yeah, it's interesting. The, 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 the analogy of that with social distancing, mm. I think when it comes to what we're maybe recalibrating or relearning is, how how do I be a person physically in relationship to other people? And yes. then what are the implications of that psychologically? Right. I think amongst my colleagues, we're thinking, how do we still connect in a meaningful way with people when we're not in the room together? How do we still reach them? And I think right. that may require an increased consciousness of what's happening in our bodies so that we can describe it to each other. Yes. What, I, what I'm feeling in my chest is this you know, this is what's going on in my, my stomach, or I noticed, you know, I can see you, even though we're not yes. in person, I can see in your eyes, 
I can see the sadness or I can see you frowning. Right. We can start yeah. to explicitly communicate in these ways that let each other know where, where I see you and you're important. And, exactly. And, and, exactly. And, um, yeah. And I think, well, anyways, I think these, these things that you and I have learned from the lessons that Virginia Satir emphasized in her work mm. of communication has a lot to do with creating uh, safe and nurturing spaces between us yeah. such that we're aware of our psychological needs and our boundaries and, and how to respectfully give and receive from one another. Yes. You know, she described communication as the giving and receiving of information. And yes. information is not just cognitive information, but it's all kinds of information. Oh. Um, so, yeah, Eva, I think... Um, I don't know any... if you hear that in the background, but people are applauding here in Cologne right now. It's nine o'clock my time, so when the oh. applause starts happening, it's all the help. You know, it's the applause to all the people at the front line um, who are mm. supporting in the health um, area, like the nurses and the doctors and, and everybody in support. And so nine o'clock is usually when we do the big applause. Oh. You may have heard it in the background. So that's another yeah. way to Let's applaud them. create yes. connection and holding and stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, like I, before we got on this call, applauding the people that are allowing us to access essential services like food like yes. medications yeah, totally. like all these all these things that we need to survive at a bare basic minimum yes let's applaud them and and i think yeah. you know as much as we want to have positive intention this process of what we're describing which is also dealing with the the muck and dealing with the the difficulties that live inside of us and between one another is really important and then yeah. from there i think we can really hold in ourselves a, a much more powerful positive uh action and intention uh to be hopeful to be peaceful right. within ourselves to be intelligent whatever it is that we need to to do from our own unique perspective to uh make an offering of ourselves and to receive that from one another so yeah. yeah 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 so any final thoughts from you eva before we wrap this up yeah i guess i was and um, the final one is i was giving you the the coach which i guess is the positive ver version right the connection open aware connecting relating mm -hmm. and then holding but in times like this i'm definitely noticing that i'm doing much more i guess Approach, which means I'm contracting usually first. I'm noticing I'm contracting and maybe being tense, and I may notice I react. So, catching my contraction, my reaction to then kind of pause and slow down and open to then turn to awareness is probably what feels a little bit more realistic these days. Um, and given that, I'm really, um, I'm really mindful in, in doing my coach practice so that I can activate and strengthen the muscle for me to, to update my state, update mm -hmm. my state of being as best as possible to, to navigate myself through, um, you know, big waves, big rip curls. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I th for me, 
when I think about awareness, the word truth is uh, is a maybe a value or virtue yes. that gu- guides me into that. I want to I want to be as honest with myself about what's going on in me, what may right. be going on with you, and in and to have forgiveness for myself that I'm because I'm constantly in a process of learning and growing. There's things that I won't see. I will have blind spots. And Virginia right. pointed that out yeah. all the time. She yeah. said, you know, we all have a back. We all have uh, blind spots. Nobody oh. sees them. And so we need one another to, to yeah. help uh, support yeah. our growth through being able to see that. And especially at a time like this, to, to help each other out and to, you know, forgive ourselves and each other and then to grow from that place and right. to evolve from this chaotic painful place where we're all living in in this world right so that's um, true well i heard virginia say there's no cure there's only evolvement and i'm very much attuned to that idea that you may you know you may be knowing so many things but when you know when the field when the the larger community is, is, is really in an intense crisis. I can know so many things, um, but it may take me a little bit to get there and to activate it. So I'm gradually going into evolvement and not thinking, Oh, I got it. I understood what I need to understand. No, I need mm-hmm. to be responsive all the time. I don't think that's possible. No, no, I'm trying to be, I guess, yeah. gentle with myself. And yeah. I love the song. Karen Drucker is singing a song that's called I Will Be Gentle With Myself. So I'm mm. sometimes playing the song to myself. And Karen Drucker sings so beautiful, I will be gentle with myself. And I think there's a line where she says, and I, 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 will, it, I will do it at the speed of my uh, slowest part of me. Mm, no, nice. so I think it really speaks to the most vulnerable and the slowest parts in us, and maybe my mind can have understood a lot of things, but there may be a very slow part in me that lives much deeper in my body that still needs a little bit more integration and evolvement, and especially my safe holding space. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to be gentle with myself as much mm-hmm. as possible, yeah, especially yeah. today. Good. Good. Well, it was um, it was a joy being able to hear from you and to share uh, this conversation and to to be able to share whatever ideas yeah. that we may that other people may be able to use of this, and hopefully, this can be helpful to others. And yeah. I wish good health and safety and patience and yeah. the best of intentions that that each of us can generate yeah. out into the world. And I thank you, Eva, for being who you are and constantly evolving yourself, never stopping. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Me too. I thank you very much. And I was very touched in our conversation before we started and, and doing. And so thank you for your precious time. And thank you for the quality of your presence. Thank I think you. it's a big gift. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So-